my product especially was windows. I wasn't offering a window. I was offering an experience. Yeah. I was offering protection. I was offering safety. You see what I'm saying? You have to bring value to the product. The product doesn't bring value to itself. You have to bring value to that product. And the more value-based selling that you do, the easier it is for the customer to digest. is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, I have another return guest one of my favorites, Bob Quillen from formerly Quillen Brothers Windows, built up one of the most successful, one of the most profitable home improvement businesses that I know of. And he recently sold the company. And I thought it would be a great topic to talk about not about the whole, the sale and everything since then, but I thought what would really be a great topic is how to set up your business so it's attractive to a buyer, but for two reasons. One is the lesser reason, in case you want to sell it one day, okay? that's To me, that's the lesser reason. The bigger reason is to set up a business like Bob's business, where it didn't rely on him to be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it made a lot of money. It made Bob a wealthy man before he even sold the company. And so that was what I proposed to Bob. He has agreed. He is here. Bob, welcome. Thank you, Brian. It's been great to see you after all these months. I could almost say a little bit over a year. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. And I noticed, I, I said to Bob, hey, are you are you okay? And he said, no, Brian, I'm just, I'm calm. I'm fine. I'm just <laughs> calm because I'm not used to him like this. I'm yeah. used to him with his energy level, like 18 times this level. So if you go and listen to the first time he was on, or if you watch him at one of our events at Accelerate, and then we got this Bob here, they're a little bit different in tone, in character, they're exactly the same. So it's good to have you back, my friend. Thank so, you. so let's talk about this. So you sold okay. your company Memorial Day, yes. um, hard, arduous, long, excruciating, exhausting process. To anybody out there who thinks it's an easy process, Bob will set you straight. It is yep. not. There's nothing yep. easy about it. It is a difficult process, but you got through it. But let's talk about what got you there. Why were you even attractive as a target for somebody to buy? Okay. Different companies look for different things, Brian. The company that had bought me was looking for somebody that had at least $1 million EBITDA. Okay. So you basically your net profit, okay, for the year needs to be a million dollars plus. Now, this company was only buying companies that were a million dollars plus. So unfortunately, in the home improvement, spectrum that takes a lot of people out of the the pot okay yeah 
the next thing they're looking for is they're looking for consistency. So we, we were right around, you know, the $5 million mark. I'd, I'd been as high as seven. I had purposely scaled back down to the five, 5.8 mark just for sanity reasons and quality of life reasons, I call it. Yeah. You know, your EBITDA that, you know, mine was about 1.4. Okay. So I, I was at about a 29% bottom line. But really what they're looking for, they're not just looking for one year. A lot of people think I just got to have one good year and I got to have those numbers. They're going to look at your three-year EBITDA, okay? And then they're going to go as far back as your seven years because they're looking for consistency. They're looking for hiccups. And believe it or not, the COVID situation to me, same way the 2008, 9, and 10 situation, Brian, that is the biggest blessing in disguise because they are looking for companies that can adjust they're battle tested. They can weather the storm. Okay. They're looking for wartime leaders, not peacetime leaders. And they want to know that when the, when the winds start blowing and things get crazy, can you adjust and be scalable when things are good? Can you scale up and be profitable? And when things get a little shaky, can you scale down and be profitable? So those are the things that they're really, really digging in on. We were blessed, you know, we've had a 22% bottom line was our average for 22 years. And probably since 2009 or 10, it was 25% plus, but I did in my last two years at 29%. So that's, you know, they were looking for that number one. <clears throat> They're looking for consistency, as I said, you know, not just your one year EBITDA, but your three year. And they're going to go back as, as far as seven and look at things. For me, they wanted a 21-year history. They wanted to see how I handle things, but they really dug in just like the IRS would on an audit for the last seven years, especially the last three to five. Yeah. The most interesting thing that I found out, though, is on their visits, okay, because you're going to have a lot of visits, Zoom being visits, but they're, my situation is they come to my office. They wanted to see the office. They wanted to see the culture, and what I didn't know is they wanted to meet the people. Because this company has made several visits to people that look good on paper, but when they went to their office, their culture wasn't right. Either how they thought about the customer, how they treated their services and their Google rankings, how they treated their employees, what was the culture? That was probably the most attractive thing that they said attracted them about Quillen Brothers after the paper was looked at is when they visited our culture, it took an hour and a half for them to say, you're it. They met the people. And then during the process, I learned they made several other visits to other companies they were entertaining at the time and looking to acquire, but they either said that the leadership and the ownership wasn't right, or they didn't like the culture with their employees. They didn't feel like they valued them enough. And then I was really shocked when they said they were looking at how the ownership and the, and the management treats and thinks about their customers. Just because you make a good dollar but you don't have a love and service of people and you don't put your customer on, they're going to shy away from that because they don't want bad customer relations, especially some of these bigger companies. You have to realize Bob Quillen being a $5 million company, I only had so much exposure to the market. The company that bought Quillen Brothers is a $1.5 billion company with 140 locations. If they make a mistake, they are a big target. Oh, yeah. And so they're looking for companies that can, you know, help them grow to the next level, not possibly be a speck in the eye. Okay. You just said a lot of really interesting stuff that we got to 
we got to unpack. One of the things that I do want to want to say, and I, I don't know if I've said it here on the podcast, but Bob and a number of other friends and clients that I have are living proof that you don't need a $10 million or $20 million business to get rich from the home improvement business. And I think when a lot of people here, and that's why I wanted you to say how much your revenue was, when a lot of people here in this industry, unfortunately, they hear a million dollars, they immediately think, well, for me to make a million dollars, I got to sell $20 million a year. Or 10. I I think a lot of people in this industry, Pete, you got to be a $10 million plus company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is that if you do it right, you don't need a $10 million business to make a million dollars a year in this business. Mm -hmm. And here is living proof of that. The other thing as it relates to making a profit is you got to be higher priced, right? Than everybody else. You have to understand what it takes to be profitable and what your pricing model needs to be in order for you to hit your, your mark. Is that right? Okay. Yep. So then what a lot of people will think and say is, well, yeah, I can't charge that much. People will never pay that much. And then I think what happens too, in the back of their mind, they think, well, that's going to piss people off. They're going to be upset. So can you talk a little bit about that being the highest priced person in the market and yet your customers love you? It's because I think, Brian, that goes back to value and perception. Okay. What do you, you're not just off and I'm going to steal some of your words here. Okay. You're not offering a, for, for me, my widget, my product especially was windows. I wasn't offering a window. I was offering an experience. Yeah. I was offering protection. I was offering safety. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to bring value to the product. The product doesn't bring value to itself. You have to bring value to that product. And the more value-based selling that you do, the easier it is for the customer to digest. Price is just a price. It's really perception and value. Yeah. So you, you've got to have a strong sales presentation, you, you know, but more importantly than the sales presentation, Brian, I think you got to get into the psychology of the salesman because the salesman can't sell past their limiting beliefs. So if a salesman doesn't believe in a certain part of that product or a certain part of your company, they'll never be able to go out and sell it because they never sold themselves first. And so I don't think any person in their right mind can ever sell something past their limiting beliefs. So we have to spend a lot of time getting our people on our team believing what they believe in order to go out and sell what we sell. Yeah, beautifully said. And at Quillen Brothers, and this goes to to culture and it ties into leadership. And we're going to talk more about leadership because that's really your, that's your thing that gets you excited. But what you just talked about is fits into the culture of the company because you always say, what is it that you say about your company? You're, you're not a window company. You are a what? Uh, I said Quillen Brothers is a self-improvement company that just happens to sell home improvements. Yeah. Sister Widget. Yeah. It's all say about that again. I, I want everybody to hear this. Okay. Say it again. Quillen Brothers Windows is a self-improvement company that just happens to sell home improvements. 
Our focus was on people. Focus was on people. Yep. And so what are some of the things, and we might've talked about this in the last podcast, and if we did, it's okay. Let's talk about it some more. What are some of the things that you did to help improve the lives of the people that were with you, working with you? One, if anyone's ever walked into our office, every single open wall has an artwork on it with some type of motivational leadership, self-improvement quote and picture. So you cannot walk through that 24,000 square foot building without being hit at least 30 times of a nugget. Okay. It's all about the environment. Another thing is, is we always had our independent power. So in our training model on Mondays at three o'clock, we had a back-end operations meeting where we had the finance manager, service manager, installation manager, and we all wanted to make sure we're on the same team. Okay. But then on Tuesdays, I had what I call a team meeting of sales and marketing because I don't believe in ever splitting those two up. That's one of the things I do see in this industry is salespeople don't like marketing people. Marketing people don't like salespeople. Everyone thinks, you know, their donkey carries the heaviest load and everyone else gets the benefits and you know the drill. So we always had a team meeting, okay, with sales and marketing in it together because we always wanted to understand we're all eating from the same table. And so we're all in this thing together. Then after a 45-minute team meeting, we would have breakout meetings so that the marketing team would go their way and the sales team would go their way for their specialized training. But it was all creating that unity, as I call it, creating that culture. It's a learning culture. So, you know, our meetings, we didn't really get up publicly and just share the sales numbers and the demo rate and the close rate, because all that's on your computer, all that's on the board, all that's in the wall, you know, everybody knows those numbers anyway. It was really, how can we grow you as a person? How how can we help you become a better person from the inside out? And I have, you know, because Ryan, over the 21 years that I've owned Quillen Brothers, and then four years prior to that, I think it was in 2007 or eight, what really hit me just like a wrecking ball was, I didn't lose, let me say this. I feel like over the years, I have had the opportunity to lead some of the most talented people that I've ever met. A lot more talent than I have, okay? But I lost them for all the wrong reasons. I lost them because they lacked life management skills. They couldn't manage their finances, so they had to go somewhere else. They couldn't manage their relationships, so then their relationship challenges affected their job they couldn't manage their health and so i said if i spend more time teaching life management skills what i call the balance wheel of life and i help people grow in their faith finances fitness you know fun friends the important things okay and i could teach them life management success principles then i'm going to be able to keep them around longer because they're not going to get that teaching and training anywhere else. Yeah. And so that was really our special sauce, really. If I had to put a special sauce on it, it because I, I've lost some of the most talented people in the world because they just couldn't manage life. And very few people, you know, bad stuff happens to all of us, but they don't know how to handle, you know, I call it, it's not your IQ, it's your EQ, which is your emotional quotient. It's not your IQ that determines your success. It's your AQ, which is your adversity quotient, how you handle those situations. But if you've never been given those building blocks, you don't know how to act. 
you don't know how to succeed long-term, Yeah, you know, and being in business, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. So what's interesting, I want to be able to say this the right way, is as the leader, you also have to live by the same principles that you're teaching. You got to live 200% more. Yeah. Let me say this, Brian, here, here, here's one of the things I've tried to teach both of my boys. Okay. Your team, if you, if you follow the yellow brick road and you do everything perfectly, your team will only duplicate you 50%, but every bad habit you have, every shortcoming you have, they will duplicate that 20%. So when you're leading a group of people and those people are draining your battery. Okay, because sometimes life can drain our battery, our team can drain the business, the customer. Well, that means you have to 200% feed your battery. So if you want to be able to give to other people, you have to spend 200% more time feeding yourself or you're not going to have anything internally to give them. Speed of the leader, speed of the group. But the leader has to be fed. And so you have to make a conscious, intentional decision and effort to feed yourself properly so that you can go out and feed your team. So it's interesting. And you know this because you've been to our Accelerate events. You've spoken at our Accelerate events, which, by the way, to everybody listening, we've got one coming up in February. Sorry, got to throw a plug in there for it. (laughs) But um, I've got this slide. I'm looking for it right now. But it basically says that all business growth is preceded by personal growth. Where is it? The road to business improvement is through self-improvement. Absolutely. And you are like, I mean, one of the best examples of this that I know, but the lesson is that you can want to create this amazing culture. You can want to have all these great people. You can want to have this great, company that makes a whole lot of money. But if you, the owner, aren't the type of person, if you're not being that person yourself, and that's interesting, you're 200%. I didn't even think about that. That makes a lot of sense. So if you aren't being that person, how do you expect it to be become a part of your business in the fibers of your business? Right. So it's a law of attraction, Brian. Yeah. You, you attract what you are, not what you want. 
That's right. If you're not punctual, don't get mad and expect your team to be punctual. Right. Okay. So you have to lead by example, but yeah, you, you have to invest in yourself 200% because people, you know, there's a saying that I have and it's an, it's a little negative. Okay. And I'm not proud of that statement that I'm about to make. Okay. But I think every one of us has said it internally and probably externally. We just don't like to admit it, but there's some people in our life that I call dome light people, dome light people. It's kind of like the dome light in your car. Okay. You dome, D-O-M-E-O, dome. Like the dome. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yes. If you leave your door open and your dome light stays on 30 minutes from now, your battery is still going to work. But if you leave that dome light on and you didn't recharge yourself for 24 hours and you go to start your car, it's not going to start. Well, I've looked at people as kind of like dome lights. If I don't recharge my batteries, and all they do is take from me, then I can never be there when they need me. So I have to keep myself charged. So that opens something else up. And that is having the discipline to take the time to do the things that you need to do as the owner in order for you to be the person that can lead your company to whatever number you want, whatever profitability, mm-hmm. the, the numbers don't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you want to make 100000 a year, a million a year, or $10 million a year to take home. The principles are all exactly the same. Absolutely. They're all exactly the same. So in Bob's case, he had one number. You know, you might have a different number. But the hard part is, is that for a lot of business owners, they get up every day. They're the hardest working people I know right? And we do this, you and me both do this because we want to help. We want, one of your big things is you don't only want to make money, you want to make a difference. Well, and I think, you know, I, that's the same exact thing for me. And so we recognize that the people in this industry, the owners of the companies are some of the hardest working people I've ever known and I've ever met. And some of the best people I've ever met to case in point, you know, Bob Quillen, but it's so hard to say, I got to stop, I got to slow down, and I got to spend time on myself because it's as important, if not more important for my company than me getting up and running today from one fire to the next, from one job site to the next, from one meeting to the next. Is I got to go, go, go. I got to do, do, do every day. But that's not what's going to build your company. That in and of itself is not going to build your company. There has to be time taken out of the day in order to work on this stuff. So how do you do that? I have, you know, this is going to look canned. This is not canned, Brian. You just said something and I want to reach over here. So if I, if I come off the screen just for a minute, because I want to reach something that I have please, on, please. My, on my desk, in my bathroom, in my car, every, in other words, any place I can be within a hand's reach away, I have a certain little laminated piece of paper I carry with me all the time. I want to see it. Yes. By the way, those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you'll see it. For those of you that are listening, we'll read what it says. It's called the daily dust. This is how I state. It's like a checklist. It's the Marine in me. Okay. There's a checklist. And and just to kind of read it here, here's the things I have to do every day to keep myself fed in the right spirit. 
Number one, I have to give thanks. It don't have to be first thing in the morning, but somewhere throughout the day, I need to give thanks. Number two is because I'm very much into physical fitness. You know, two things I'm not is slim and fast, okay? But I have to take care of what I do have. And so I believe in vitamins and supplements and, and just being nutritional, okay? Devotionals. I, you know, I got to read something devotional, you know, spiritual help five or 10 minutes a day. It could be a, a 60 second reading, but I've got to constantly touch that daily. Number four for me is, is tell my wife, I love her. Us guys, we know we love her In our brain. We say we love her. We think she should know that we love her, but you know, I've been married 35 years and I make a conscience effort every day to look her in the eye and say, Vicki, if I haven't told you today, I love you. That's so really it's very important for me to stay focused on that. Number five for me and my daily dozen is to exercise. Number six is to read 15 to 20 minutes a day. Number seven is to listen to some form of self-help audio at least 30 minutes a day, whether I'm driving, working out, mowing my grass, doing whatever. It's got to be on there. Here's number eight. Encourage two people every day. I have a checklist because... I'm a man of action. I'm a person of task. And one of my weaknesses, Brian, and I'm not proud of it, that's why I call it a weakness. Sometimes I forget about the people. And so I have to, because of the way I'm wired, I have to have something in front of me that says, hey, stop, slow down, and catch people doing something good and let them know you've seen it. And so I write a note to myself to encourage two people every day. Number nine, meet one new person every day where I'm at, I'm going to meet a stranger. If I'm in a gas station, restaurant, business meeting at the gym, I'm going to meet somebody because, you know, we're always recruiting. We're always looking for that talent. I had to write this down for myself. Number 10, I said, I clear my emails and my voicemails daily. So I don't neglect it because it's something that can be very, you know, time grueling, make 30 minutes of quality family time. And then number 12, never go to bed without a plan to-do list nightly for the next day. So those are the things that I call, I just call it, you know, in the Marine Corps, we had a daily dozen exercise regiment that we had to do. I just incorporated that into my life 20 some years ago. There's a checklist, 12 things I got to stay focused on. And I think if I stay focused on that, then I have enough energy to serve people. So, you know, there's a lot of talk out there, I don't want to get, I'm going to be careful because I don't want to get either one of us started down a rabbit hole, but <laughs> there's a lot of talk out there about luck and how lucky some people are, which you and I would go into that category. If they were just looking from the outside, we would be yeah. thrown into this category of, oh, they're lucky. And the other category that we're thrown into is we're, we're thrown into that category of, oh, yeah, look at them. They make a bunch of money. They should pay more in taxes. They should be vilified. They should be this. They should be that. So my question to anybody that brings that up, who's worth having the conversation with, is I say, I don't believe in luck. In labor, fact, labor under correct knowledge. Yeah, I don't believe in luck because there's the proof that it's not about luck. It's about who you become. It's about who you are as a person. So did you all of a sudden do this because of your business success? Or are you successful because of these things that you did before you were successful in business? You know that answer. 
I know the answer, right? And so does the listener. I mean, you yep. did all of these things and you were disciplined and this is what makes you successful, right? And it infuriates me when people talk about luck, when people talk about doing the hard things, when people, well, what do you want? You want to be successful or you want to struggle? Do you want to have fun or do you want to live a life of, of you know, monotony and, and boredom and whatever, right? Brian, if I can interject there, and, and, and this is a plug towards what you do in this February, okay? So you put your plug, right, for Accelerate. Michael Dell, back in the early 2000s, said, if you're going to be successful in business, you've got to have three things going for you. you got to have content. you got to have commerce. And that's what every business focuses on, okay? So follow my words there. Every business has a product or a widget. That's their content. Everybody's worried about sales, 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 and marketing. That's their commerce, right? But the third ingredient that he talked about, this was way back in the early 2000s. He says, you got to have community. People who understand community and build community will rule the business world. So how do I look at your event? That's community. That's getting together with like-minded people. That is so important to me because... The Bible says only a fool takes counsel from self. Right. Okay. So if, if you're that guy that you said earlier, we get up early and we charge and we go to meeting, to meeting, to meeting, and we work hard. Okay. Those are all good traits, but you've got to get together with people that's not just like you, that can maybe teach you, coach you, inspire you, encourage you. But most importantly, you have to have somebody or some buddies in your life that can point out your flaws because you can't grow if you're not really aware of where you need to grow. Okay. So you've got to have a couple of accountability partners the people that you like and trust that can spot your weaknesses because we all have them. Yeah. Okay. So when, when I say I'm, I'm into the self-improvement junkie type person is because I have a lot of flaws. I got a lot of character defects and I got to make a lot of conscious efforts to work on those. Yeah. You know, one, one of the books that I'm reading right now, it's called, and this author lives in Orlando. He lives in your state. It's called the voyage of a Viking by Tim Marks. And this whole book is how to become a man of action or how can a man of action become a man of grace? As soon as I read that title, I said, that's Bob Quillen's problem. Yeah. I'm a DC personality. It's task, task, task. But you know what? It takes people to do tasks. And so you have to learn how to be a person. And if you're going to deal with people, if you don't have grace, you're, you're, you're going to just lose your ever-loving mind. Yeah. So understanding that I needed to grow in those areas. But it's so important on that community. Psychologists tell us that 97% of a person's self-talk is negative. Yeah. So if you're only going into the office and you're only getting advice and leading your team from your own self-thoughts... <laughs> That ought to tell you right there something. Yeah. So that's where it takes that intentional conscience effort to turn this off and hit play or turn this off and read something because we've got to quiet that monster down. Yeah. He's ta he's pointing at his head and talking about the mind. Yes. For those of you that can't see him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So, Bob, let's talk about one of your favorite topics, which is leadership. What is leadership to you? And then we'll go, I got a couple of questions for you after that, but what is leadership to you? Using the gifts and talents that you're blessed with, making a difference in other people, 
giving them hope and using your gifts and your talents to help people reach levels they didn't know they could hit. Cool. Influence. And, and so we talked about how you did some of that in your, in your business. That's really all you did. <laughs> I mean, not all you did, but a lot of what you did was that. What's maybe some practical advice you have to the owners that are listening to this that, you know, maybe just have, are just starting to form a team. They're just starting to become leaders or they need to learn how to become more of a leader. What what is just some advice that you have for them? One, get out of your business and your daily routine and get around more people like you, Brian. Get to more of these events. Get around more people. Your event attracts a genre of people. You've got your smaller people and your and your people who's just starting. You've got your people that's doing one, two, three million. You've got your people doing five, ten, and then you've got your giants out here doing 20, 60, 80, 100 million. But if you don't expose yourself to those people, if you don't get out there and meet these people and learn from these people, then it's kind of hard, you know, once again, the good book, the Bible says a man without vision will perish. Well, you got, how do you, if you don't have vision, how do you get vision? You got to get around something to see it. Okay. So you, you can't just listen to this podcast. Okay. I mean, think about it. Why does everybody go to concerts? Because they want to be part of the community. They want to feel the environment and they want to experience it and they want to vision it. Why do people go to the NFL games and the NBA games? We can all watch it on TV, but it's so much more fun when you do it live. And that's what I'm saying. You have to, you've got to be disciplined enough to say, you know what? Yeah, my business may take a hit or some people may be uncomfortable or I may lose a sale or two. But if I don't go out here and feed myself and get around people that can help me get to the next level, then I'm always going to be stuck here doing what I'm afraid to leave. And I think we have to spend that time. And once again, it's an intentional, conscious decision. Is it convenient? No. In business, right before you get ready to leave, everything, something's going to go wrong somewhere. Yeah. You have to feed yourself. Okay. The most important investment is not your business. The most important investment is not your people. The most important investment is yourself, your mind, your spirit. You've got to feed that before you can do anything else. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Bob, wow. This was awesome. As always with you, I appreciate you taking time, although you are kind of retired ish for a little (laughs) while, at least won't be long. I know, but you're, you are a little retired. So you do have some extra time, but I do appreciate just by the way, to the listener, no one's listening. It's just you and me. I get as much out of these as you do, especially when I talk to people like Bob, I get inspired, I learn new things, and it's a privilege for me to be able to do this. And so I thank you guys. I mean, not only do I thank Bob for being here, but I thank you guys, the listener, because if you guys didn't listen, there'd be no point in my doing this. And by you guys allowing me to to do this and to have these conversations, it really helps make me better too. So thank you to the listener for that. Bob, well, let me ask you one last thing. You're, we're, we're still both here. Let me ask you one last thing. So what is something, if you go back six, seven years, 
What is one thing that you know today that you wish you knew six or seven years ago or that you implemented into your business earlier, faster, quicker, or you weren't as reluctant to do maybe way back when? For me, it's love people. Okay. I I had a hard time. I think I, I ruled as a dictator earlier because of my Marine Corps background. And I don't know if my heart was soft enough to love people the way I could have. I look back at some of the people that I lost over the years and, you know, everybody's going to leave for their own reasons, Brian, and we can't control everything. But I, Bob Quillen, could have prevented some of those if I would have been a better person. Wow. And so I wish I, I wish my heart would have been as soft 10 years ago as it is today. And do I want to be demanding? Yes. Do I want excellence? Yes. Do I want perfection? Yes. But loving people through the process was a weakness that I had. I wasn't as patient with people as I wish I could have been. If I could change anything, that's what it would be. Wow. Can't top that. Thank you. <laughs> that, Appreciate that you being here, Bob. Yes. Perfect. And uh, to everyone listening, this is a good one to go back and listen to again. And uh, maybe, you know, a couple of times. So until next time. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascadalsio.